Listen to Mike's movie Corner here with Martin Lean, and I'm they got the host of the show here, Mike Michael Moss. Yes, Mike's movie Corner. Uh, we're drinking Lag Lagunitas undercover investigation shutdown ale. It's alcohol nine percent by volume by the Lagunitas Brewing Company in Petaluma, California, and Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to Mike's movie Corner. We're uh, we haven't done anything in a while. And I guess in some ways we're kind of starting over, starting from scratch. Mike's Movie Corner used to be a part of another podcast that we were doing called The Showbiz Kids. And it was more of a segment, but now we're just Mike's Movie Corner. Uh, Martin Lean here and Michael Moss. Doing our thing, talking about movies, whether we've seen them or not. Uh, and anything else we want to throw in there and pepper the conversation with. Uh, what movie are we talking about this week? Well, we're going to talk about the classic documentary, Nanak of the North. Nanak of the North, uh, about the indigenous people of Alaska. I guess I should have, we did, we did no research on this. We actually haven't seen the movie. Uh, we want to see it. We're kind of enamored yeah. with it. We're excited about it. <laughs> looks interesting. Yeah, it looks interesting. A documentary made in 1922. Hold for edit. <laughs> it's got 100% score on uh, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Nanak of the North, uh, it's a 1920 doc documentary film about a gregarious Inuit named Nanook who lives with his family in the Arctic, north of Canada, near Hudson Bay. Uh, you know, follows Nanook through his daily struggles to find food and shelter. Nanook, there's controversy about this. You you brought that up yesterday when we started talking about this, how you, you said I heard a lot of the scenes and whatnot are staged. in this Yeah, I've, I've heard that anyway. Didn't you say that you kind of did some research on it and it has yeah, I guess we did a little bit of research. They did set up scenes. His name's not Nanook. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like modern reality shows, you know, they're all set up and whatnot. Yeah, in a way it was it's in the it was the first reality show. This is part of the Criterion collection, isn't it? Yeah, it is. With the likes of Michael Bay. Oh yeah, Armageddon's on there. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, it's out of print, though. It goes for like 50 bucks on eBay. And 50, 50 to 100, I would think. Yeah. Yep. Nanook. <laughs> Speaking of Michael Bay, yeah, you, you see those things on the Criterion Collection online where they have a famous director go into the, it's not the Criterion, but it's like the Criterion offices. And they walk yeah. back there and they they grab, you know, I think they can take like five Criterion movies. Mm -hmm. They have famous directors who do that, whether it's Lars von Trier, or who's another Criterion person, I don't know. Or I guess they always do it with, like, like there's one with Michael Sarah where he goes in. Yeah, the actors go back there, too. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one with, like, Laurie Anderson, the musician. Oh, Lou Reed's wife. Widow. Widow, yeah. <laughs> so everything in, like, Michael Bay would go back there, and <laughs> he would just grab copies of Armageddon. Yeah, and The Rock. And That's The Rock. Is that a Criterion, too? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen either. You know, of I'm not going to say that they're bad or directed poorly or anything like that, but that's just funny. I thought it'd be really funny if he just grabbed five copies of Armageddon. He's like, nah, I got everything I need. Then he gets into his uh, Lamborghini with gullwing doors and puts on sunglasses and like peels out. <laughs> <laughs> then he throws the copies out the window and they like hit a homeless guy in the face. <laughs> that's what he should do. If, if he were cool, he would do that, yeah. but he's not cool. He's, nah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what he's like in real life. Have you heard anything about him? Uh, just that he's like very 
go, 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 move it, do it. Mr. Hollywood pulls up in a Lamborghini. I'm upset and I'm going to throw a megaphone down on the ground and break it. And then I just grab another <laughs> megaphone out of my big box of megaphones. <laughs> and I yell at Shia LaBeouf and make it Fox. It's like, you're my boy, Shia, 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 Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Is this, no, this isn't one of your little artsy, fartsy things that you stole from Daniel Close. Clothes. <laughs> oh, what was that? He did like some short that had Thomas Lennon in it. And I think he just stole all of it from a Daniel Close comic book. Oh. But I don't even know if Daniel Close was in on it. It was something like Daniel Close kept sending a cease and desist letters. And then Sasha LaBeouf paid a skywriter to write in the sky. I'm sorry. And <laughs> I don't know. Hollywood I get, people and their money. And <laughs> I guess, yeah, he does have, you know, plenty of money, obviously. Yeah. So he could just, you know, make any kind of movie he wanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you've been listening to a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're talking about Nanook of the North. What were we saying about the, yeah, it's the indigenous people, the Inuits? That means the indigenous people, I believe, the Eskimos yeah. of the Arctic, mm-hmm. in particular Hudson Bay, as I said, uh, Alaska. It's fabricated uh, in the director's defense. I didn't even look up his name, but he said, oh, every director has to take liberties and fabricate things to engage his audience or something to that effect mm-hmm. yeah i guess like kind of like what i've heard about that movie is that it is sort of looked at as kind of being one of the like the first documentary oh, really? and whatnot and that's kind of said that it was really popular when it came out and whatnot that's why it's kind of looked at as a landmark film mm-hmm. and why well 1922 criteria. i suppose yeah other than i don't i don't even know the time period of when edison was doing weird things and Filming things against a black backdrop and electrocuting elephants, and <laughs> cutting off people's heads. Didn't he do Lizzie Borden or something? The Great Train Robbery. I don't even know what I'm talking Oh, there's about. that movie that, yeah, The Great Train Robbery. I'm not quite sure who directed that, though. I think that's technically like the first film. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure who directed that, though. Yeah, look that up. Oh. So what else were we saying? Nanook of the North. We have, we have not seen this film yet. Yeah. We have uh, interest. Of, I mean, we know it's part of the Criterion Collection. We're assuming it's available on Hulu with the other 800 Criterion titles. Um, most recently, it was parodied by the comedic genius duo of Fred Armisen and Bill Hader on their yeah. show documentary Now. Yeah. I believe we watched some of that. It was, it was very humorous. John Slattery from Mad Men was in it. Yeah. Uh, and I think... That other comedy trope, a uh, sketch comedy team, very brilliant. In the same league, but not obviously not as famous, Sunset Television, if you find them on Vimeo. They had a documentary that was supposedly set like in the early 80s, a faux documentary, mockumentary mm-hmm. about cops. And I think that they were watching Nanook of the North on their little TV as they were <laughs> in their downtime not being police officers. Something about building an igloo and talking about the indigenous people <laughs> to that effect. And what were we talking, or did you find something on your re- researching? Oh, um, the movie Great Train Robbery was directed by a fella named Edwin S. Porter. It's from 1903. I know that like a, there's a scene in that movie where it just show, kind of shows a close-up of a guy shooting a gun kind of towards the camera, and uh, Martin Scorsese paid homage to that because there's a clip of Joe Pesci, Pesci shooting a gun like that at 
near the end of Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. It, it just shows an image of his character doing that, and he did that as an homage to the great train robbery. What about uh, De Niro, Taxi Driver? Is that more like straight on, or is that similar? Um, oh, it, um, I don't. I guess I'm not sure if there's any correlation uh. between the two things. <laughs> What was it? Um, uh, or what? What were you saying? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like thinking, or I don't know. I wanted to get into it this early, but we were talking about Nanak of the North, and as we do, we sit around the house. Sometimes we obsess over things and riff on things. And we were kind of thinking, you know, if you were a, you know, if you want to, Mike has dabbled in stand-up comedy. He's been on stage a few times and uh, done stand-up comedy, and we kind of like to think of. Uh, particular routines or things to do things to riff on. And and, then I don't know if I like to use the word alternative comedy. It's just more or less things that we've been influenced by like Andy Kaufman, uh, Tim and Eric, Neil Hamburger, Neil Hamburger. Maybe uh, there's observational humor in there, Jerry Seinfeld, but ours maybe kind of gets more on the niche edge or absurdist, absurdist. Definitely. Yeah. And we kind of thought, you know, with all our talk of Nanook of the North, that you would just have a comedian that only references Nanook of the North <laughs> and he makes, well, everything he talks about, he, you know, we, we looked on the internet, we found a shirt made by Zazzle. That was very nice with, has a, a picture of Nanook, the titular character and a large walrus. And, uh, you would wear that shirt on stage and you, you would probably go up there and say something will be like your opening line. Hey, I suppose you guys are all big fans of the movie Nanook of the North. Right, right, yeah. and then whatever reaction the crowd makes, you would say the word. It sounds like, uh, what is it when it sounds like something? Uh, is that a homophone? Or I don't even know what I'm talking. I'm an idiot. We'll look at <laughs> maybe uh, whatever. I think I'm going to edit all that out. <laughs> Leave it in now for comedic effect. But yeah, we'd say, I suppose you guys are all fans of Nanook of the North, right? And then they grumble or there's silence, and you're like. Anuit, and it makes it sound like you're saying "I knew it," but you're saying "Anuit," which is you know, an Eskimo word for the indigenous people. And then, yeah, and I don't know whether like you would use that towards the end of it, where you would just keep using the Anuit uh, punchline for jokes. Jokes, yes, as and maybe that would just kind of like be the decline of the routine at that point. And you would have the uh, we were saying you would have the shirt on Nanook of the no- North. And then you would get really frustrated and say, you know, it's just my favorite movie. And you would take off the shirt, but the exact same design would be on your chest as a tattoo in a very similar fashion. You know, obviously you wouldn't get it tattooed unless you were crazy, but maybe you could find some sort of temporary tattoo wet type process that you could apply to your chest that would look like a tattoo and for comedic effect, of course. That would be a good back tattoo, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, turn around. (laughs) Manic of the North and then just big image. Like uh, Steve-O has that big tattoo of his I'm own Steve-O, face. Steve-O, I rock, so. yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, it's just funny, kind of the idea of getting a huge tattoo on your back. Of like anything? To, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like you get Nanak of the North. Well, Nanak of the North would be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> get like a, a picture of Tom Hanks on your, on the ba- on your back, just huge yeah. full back tattoo of Tom Hanks. Then get his signature. I like Tom Hanks. Yeah, he's a good he's actor. Charming. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember. 
guess, yeah, like when words sound similar or you have similar sounding it's words. Not an, onomatopoeia is like piss because it sounds like you're taking a piss. Yeah, that's like words that uh, um, look how they sound. Yeah, like and splash. Then, yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to think. It's like when a word is you say something, but it has a different, I don't even know, meaning. Uh, like homonym would be like, uh, I guess homonym is when, you know, there, there, there. And I think. Yeah, but it has different applied meanings. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if we're going to leave any of this in. Nanaka the North. Do we have more jokes about that? We're like, oh, yeah, I suppose what the 1922 opening of Nanaka the North, everybody went to it and they dressed up in all their Eskimo garb and <laughs> they got popcorn, but they put like whale blubber butter on it. <laughs> what else would they do? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I was thinking like, you know, Star Wars is like a really, you mentioned that like Star yeah. Wars is a really popular film, film franchise, millions of fans, people like to dress up and go to conventions and mm-hmm. openings and whatnot. It's like, it'd be cool. And, you know, even like Big Lebowski has a big following right. in conventions. Like, like Nookfest or something? <laughs> or, yeah, it could be called Nookfest or just Nanaka the just Nanaka the North. Northfest? I don't know. That's probably Canadian. They probably already have that. North by North Fest. North by North Fest. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. It has like a following. It garnishes. It just kind of becomes like the room or Rocky Horror Picture Show. And they they throw seal mittens at the screen <laughs> during particular parts or whale blubber. I don't know. It'd get kind of messy and gross. But. Have like conventions where people dress up like Nanook and whatnot. Yeah. It's kind of like furries and they have a big orgy and they <laughs> stick their privates out through the big furs and do things. Sex. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And then you had that idea too that you could be like, like just pull out, have like an old TV guide in your pocket. And oh, I wonder it. if Nanook of the North is on tonight. It's like a TV guide from like 1985 and you're like flipping. Maybe flip for a long time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. God damn it. Yeah, it's got like David Hasselhoff or Manimal on the cover. They've probably played that movie on TCM before. Oh, I would think I would think so. Who's that Robert Forrester? No, that's the guy from Jackie Brown. Robert um not England, that's Freddy Krueger. It's like a Robert Osborne. Yeah, Robert Osborne. He's the kind of like the host of TCM. Yeah. Hi, I'm Robert Osborne. He's kind of like Robert Wagner. Yeah, he does kind of look like him. Talks like him. <laughs> I think they're like the same age too. Mm-hmm. They look similar and they have both named Robert. Except one of them probably didn't murder Natalie Wood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she just got drunk and fell off don't get drunk on a you know there's that song drunk on a plane it's like that's really not a good idea especially don't want to get drunk on a boat no it's horrible (laughs) what was i gonna say um i had an idea of something i wanted to mention but i can't remember what it was Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess speaking of, I don't know, going up on stage and just whipping out like an old magazine, I think it'd be funny to do a bit where you go up on stage and you just have like an old uh, 1994 copy of Spin or something like that. Right. And you're like, hmm, let's read about what's going on in music today. Oh, this guy, this band Nirvana, sounds like they're doing pretty well. Sounds like they're going to make it to the top. Oh, this guy, Billy Corgan, he looks good. What band's he in? Smashing Pumpkins? Look at his head of hair. Is that something different? You're going to relate that to Nanook of the North or no? Oh, no, I was going to. Oh, that's just a different thing. Yeah. 
was trying to think, yeah, I almost forgot. But I wonder if, like, Kevin Smith, when he did Tusk, like, if he had anything to do with Nanak of the North. Probably not, but... Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but, I, yeah, I saw that Nanak of the North t-shirt on Zazzle. I like the design a lot. I'd kind of like to get it. I don't know, but I just saw the big walrus, and you see a walrus nowadays and it's pretty much synonymous with tusk well at least it's gonna be for a while mm. didn't aleandro jordowski he did a movie called was it tusk yeah it was about an elephant and a little boy but i think mm. he disowned that work it was something like an elephant and a boy have a great friendship oh i guess i'm not sure yeah because it's really not well known and i think he disowned the work he wasn't happy with it or anything i guess i've never heard about that yeah it's like a pg it's like his him delving into like a family yeah. type movie and he do a movie with like uh, Peter O'Toole, about Rainbow Thief. I've yeah. never seen that either. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's like not even available on DVD or anything. Yeah. In some ways, I mean, he's very appreciated, but in other ways, he's underappreciated. But I don't know. I guess that's just kind of goes with the whole midnight movie weirdness. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he might almost like since the release of that. Jodorowsky's Dune, I think his name has kind of gone up more. Yeah, because that's really available. I still haven't watched that yet, and I was kind of like thinking about that, and that it like got it almost. I mean, it was like really close to getting made. I mean, like yeah. there was they were doing I don't know, like at least still photography. They actually made costumes, and uh, I mean, you saw the documentary. I mean, like it mm-hmm. was like how close was it to being made? I get yeah. I guess I can't really remember the document the. Because it's been a while since I've watched it. I've only watched it once, but I can't I can't really remember all the details. But yeah, they were like getting pretty serious and like they had, you know, like David Carradine, the actor, was fully on board. And right. I think like um Salvador Dali was fully on board to be in the movie and everything. And um I think, yeah, mostly it was just kind of like lack of funding and kind of over him him getting kind of overly ambitious and wanting so much that it just never really happened. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, which another movie I haven't seen, The Wiz that Sidney Lumet directed. Lumet did, what else did he do? Like Dog Day Afternoon. He did it like, yeah, and really I, good. And like his 12 he, Angry Men. I yeah, his movies did. have a very particular look and lighting and I don't know what you'd want to call it. They just, there's a Sidney Lumet movie. He's one of the great directors. I don't even know if he's still alive. Oh, I think he died like in 2010. I think or you're something. right. <clears throat> but he did The Wiz, which Michael Jackson played the Scarecrow. It's a retelling of The Wizard of Oz. Michael Jackson played the Scarecrow. Who else was in that? <laughs> was it Diana Ross? Was she I Dorothy? Think, yeah, I think Diana Ross is in that movie. I and can't I think Nell Carter played the Wicked Witch, and she was on like a giant toilet. And that immediately made me think of Jordowski's Dune. I, uh, Salvador Dali played an emperor that sat on a giant toilet. And at the end of The Wiz, Nell Carter's flushed on the giant toilet. So if that was a part of Dune that became carried over for some reason, <laughs> I'm not aware of this. I think of that. Still haven't seen. Yeah, I need to see Jordowski's Dune. Yeah, he had. Oh, yeah. I was like, it really was. It's like an unfortunate movie that didn't get made. You have, and you have Alejandro Jordowski, uh, star studded cast. You have Mobius doing the art direction and Geiger. Yeah. Uh, that's unbelievable. And then like Pink Floyd was going to do the oh, music. It just, and... it doesn't end. I mean, it all, it is too good to be true. And I suppose that's why it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the documentary is really interesting actually. Like, uh, it kind of, they mentioned that, um, like Jodorowsky still has this, uh, large storyboard book with 
just kind of goes over it scene by scene. And the director, um, what's his name, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, mm-hmm. was talking on there that he went to uh, Jodorowsky's house and had supper with him. And uh, he Jodorowsky showed him that book, and he's like, I can tell you one thing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's about the movie. I bet. And then, yeah, Jodorowsky even mentions in there, kind of towards the end, that he he thinks it'd be be cool if someday that material that he has thought out for that movie ended up get, being turned into like an animated film. Yeah, I mean something along the lines of like Mobius. I believe Mobius has done some animated work. I think of Mobius and H.R. Geiger, and that really, I, to me, I mean, uh, where I'm coming, but it just kind of makes me just think of like the whole heavy metal franchise and the magazine, a lot of Mobius art in the early stages of heavy metal magazine. I just think of that. Oh yeah. It's very cool. What was I going to say? Nanook of the North. Uh, isn't Kanye West? Isn't one of his children named North? Oh yeah. Awesome. Northwest. I'm all about that. Cause Nanook of the North. Nanook of the Northwest. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of Kanye, I wanted to mention him because, uh, Kanye West, I think, is like a big fan of Jodorowsky. And he, there's a, if you look up Kanye West, Alejandro Jodorowsky, there's a picture of the two of them together that they met each other at some, I'm not even quite sure what it is. It was kind of meeting of different directors and whatnot. Like there's one where it's a group of, it's like Jodorowsky's there, Kanye's there, Spike Jones is there, a few other people. And then some article about that was actually posted on Entertainment Weekly. So then people who read entertainmentweekly.com get got to find out about Jodorowsky through that. Mm-hmm. Like Jodorowsky was quoted as saying that Kanye has a beautiful childlike soul. <laughs> it's very childlike. I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Ugh. I guess I, I didn't think about Nanook of the North Northwest <laughs> and North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> like maybe that maybe that was what inspired Kanye to name his child North. Was he's like I, I like Nanook of the North. Nanook of the North was one of the greatest documentaries of all time. <laughs> he should have he should have named his he should have named his son Nanook. Yeah, I'd like that. He no. named his son Saint, I think. Saint? How many, what do you, okay, North is a woman or is yeah. a child, girl, lady? Yeah, North is a girl and Saint is a boy. I'm going to get another beer. <clears throat> <laughs> you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? That's the fridge closing. <laughs> Speaking of like uh, movies, have you you've seen that movie Sid and Nancy, right? Oh, of course, Chloe Webb, Gary, uh, Oldman, Gary Oldman, directed by Alex oh, Cox. Oh yeah, great, the great Alex Cox. I mean, he hasn't done anything in a while, but his movies are great. I haven't seen a ton of them. I haven't. I've seen parts of Walker. I've seen parts of Straight to Hell, Repo Man. If you haven't seen that, you have to see that. Mm-hmm. So entertaining, so funny. <laughs> yeah, I just watched both of those recently i'd seen a walker and straight to hell or um i actually have both of those i um walker i've seen before straight to hell i hadn't seen but i bought it anyway mm-hmm. and then uh sid nancy i hadn't seen but i watched that for the first time recently and then i watched repo man not too long a few days ago yeah sid and nancy's like very entertaining 
I love the absolute like kind of the hazy eighties look of it. Late eighties. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like, uh, well, you'd probably call it like it's, it's new wave eighties cinema, maybe like the third wave because it's getting into the later eighties mm-hmm. and with all the aesthetics of it, obviously the tour de force of it is the performances of Chloe Webb and Gary Oldman. They're yeah. living, breathing, portraits of these two people whether it's accurate or not i don't know i would yeah. assume <laughs> that that's the way they were uh, uh both extremely creative people but caustic awful horrible maybe loving at the same time uh soulmates mm-hmm. but just very fucked up on drugs yeah i don't know there's a lot going on there they're very complex and messed up i remember re- i think amy has my wife, my wife, my wife, I. Oh, yeah, she has that book that's um, about uh, Nancy, Nancy written by her mom. I think. Yeah, and it's it's very sad. And <laughs> it's kind of a more of a recollection of, well, if this would have happened again or if you have a child like this, hopefully we can help them. And I'm assuming modern medicine has advanced to a point where we can help someone with uh, psychiatric help and medication. Oh, yeah. But, um, oh yeah, that, that, that was one thing that I was kind of thinking about during a lot of the points in that movie is I wonder like how accurate it is and how much is fabricated and what, <laughs> yeah. cause there's that scene where they burn down their hotel room. I'm curious if that actually happened. Well, that's happened like at the Chelsea or, or what was that? I think that was at the Chelsea. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. But it is interesting in that it just kind of works as sort of a metaphor for addiction or metaphor for insanity or whatever or representation the part of the end where he's he's in new york in the early 80s and he's bailed out and he's i don't know where he is the lower east side or i don't know new york i'm gonna pretend but he's doing something in some little like you know kids walk up and they have a ghetto blaster and i think there's Mm -hmm. a pizza stand I mean, I haven't seen this movie in probably five or six, seven, eight years. And the kid, he's kind of put off by them. And they're listening to the music of the time, which I suppose is like Grandmaster Flash or who's like another rapper. Or I think it's some disco song. I can't yeah. remember what but song, it, though. It's either something that's on its way out or making its way towards rap or disco. Or it's obviously not punk. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they say punk died, you know, a year or two after it happened. And people were already... Mm-hmm going to the concerts and just putting on brand new leather jackets. And they were, they're really the punk aesthetic wasn't there. And punk is not a look punk is a state of mind. It's an attitude. A, mm-hmm. uh, without me trying to sound pretentious, but it really is. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kids say to him, he's kind of like, maybe it looks like he's put off or he's ignoring them, you know, get away from you kids or he doesn't like the music. And the kids like, yeah, man, don't be stuck up. <laughs> and he kind of like starts dancing with the kids. Yeah. And, and then it's just kind of, it, fades away and it's like oh he od'd that night or 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 what happened or um a taxi comes by and then oh yeah yeah yeah. it's very dreamlike yeah yeah Yeah. go ahead go ahead and then nancy yeah it's sort of this dreamscape where a taxi comes by and nancy is in there and then sid gets in and then they drive off yeah it's his surreal idealized uh death his exit yeah more graceful than a junkie od'ing you know (laughs) with a needle in his arm yeah. From drugs that his fellow junkie mother bought him. Yeah. I kind of, I'm curious. It, it's interesting too in that movie how it kind of depicts the relationship between uh, Sid and the other members of the band. 
because pretty much just throughout the whole movie, it's like Johnny Rotten's character just hates Sid's character and no one gets along and all that. Yeah, uh, I typical of a band that is completely manufactured and put together by Malcolm McLaren and Johnny Rotten has never had anything nice to say about him other than him being this puppeteer orchestrating things that go badly. And I think there was a lot of talent in that band. I don't know how much of talent there was with Sid other than, because it just sounded like he was really inept and couldn't play his instrument. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he has songwriting credits. Obviously the other people are, I mean, Johnny's talented. Uh, Steve Jones is talented. I don't, Mm -hmm. they all have done solo stuff. That's whatever it is. I, you know, I, I haven't really listened to pill, but, Mm-hmm. that's definitely one of those bands quote unquote not to sound like a musical idiot but they're there they're they did what they did they're there like you, know, you think of pill you think of can or it's post-punk it's mm-hmm. it's different it was doing its own thing whether i know it or not whether i know the research obviously pill is what johnny rotten wanted to do yeah versus the sex pistols where he was kind of pushed into a this gig and did it Oh, yeah. very capable, but I don't know if that was his true calling. Hmm. Oh yeah. I think, cause I think actually like, um, the, the story goes, I think Sid has like maybe two writing credits on that album. And then most of the other songs were written by the other guys and, uh, Glenn Matlock, who was the original bassist. And I think the story that I've heard is that they kicked him out cause he liked the Beatles a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that was a famous story when they first are getting the group together in Malcolm McLaren's Coolio shop where everyone would go get all the hip clothing and gear that Johnny Rotten was wearing a shirt that said, I hate Pink Floyd, <laughs> which at the time, I mean, now it, nothing is shocking anymore, you know, quoting the Jane's Addiction album, but it, nothing is shocking and nothing really means what it did. But at the time, as Johnny Rotten said, Pink Floyd was royalty around London. So, I mean, that was a statement to put on a shirt that says, I hate Pink Floyd. It's like, uh, what's this guy's problem? <laughs> Pink Floyd is excellent. <laughs> I know I've seen like there's an episode of that show Hard and Heavy that I watched on Hulu where they're talking to some guy and he's wearing a shirt that says, I hate the Sex Pistols. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Or yeah, is it Steve Jones, the guitar player? I think so. I, isn't that on one of those hard and heavies where he they have they play some videos and it's it's kind of like in between. It's almost it ends up it's almost butt rock, but not really. It's kind of it's somewhat edgy, like ACDC, but not completely. And almost like the band Jackal, but you can tell like he's he can he does what he does. I mean, he's good at it, but he kind of has like a mullet. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He's rocker. He's outdated. He's not in touch. It's still good, but it's a far cry from the Sex Pistols. Oh yeah, I think yeah. The drummer's name was Paul Cook. Yeah, you're right. And then um, I think I've heard that. I think Steve Jones played most of the bass parts on that album instead of Sid. <laughs> I wouldn't Sid be surprised because just... Sid was just wall. Sid was the uh, I don't know, almost the human version of the aristocrats joke. He was just wallowing in his feces and blood yeah. and ill behavior and yeah, and brain damage and. I remember reading in that book that he came to visit uh, Nancy Spungen's family and Nancy was there and she just, eh, Sid, bleh, whatever she does. And 
at the time there was a TV show shot on the band, you know, that band, whatever. And Sid, what is Sean No And like the family's like, Sid, it's not on until like eight, you know, and he kept like asking because he's fucking retarded. He was fucked up. Yeah, I guess it is interesting. I don't know, just those two like in in that story it is just sort of the ultimate it is it's like, like yeah it ultimate. is it's like a modern toxic romeo and juliet but no one cared skid row relationship two junkies two completely <laughs> fucked up bipolar people i at the time i guess we didn't know it just you just kind of drop your mouth and back away in horror but now it's a lot more understood in the mental illness you know psychology uh view of it mm-hmm. at the time though it was probably just like the most it was, it's very punk rock, maybe not purposely, just by nature of these two caustic, fucked up people coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they are. I don't know. It's kind of just the way that they're depicted and whatnot is kind of shows what drugs can do to you and whatnot. Yeah, uh, compounded by their mental illnesses, they obviously most likely already had mm-hmm. the drugs exasperating that, expounding on that. <laughs> adding to that hmm. it makes me think i mean it becomes a parody it becomes a trope that type of relationship but what was the it was like on the state i think they had the the whoever those people were that went on oh yeah carrie uh, kinney and then who's it ben he was they were both on uh, reno 911 yeah i remember seeing that sketch and it was I something on the who. sketch where like they were sid and nancy and they, yeah. they said a lot of things from the movie and he like fell down and hit his head. He's like, that hurt. <laughs> and it's like, and I think they were answering, asking questions. Like it was like a game show. And it was like, it was like, they were giving them words. Like it was like password. And it was like Nazis. And like, he was like, people who dress cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Nanook of the North. And then... <laughs> We also, I have not that much of a realization other, and then of course we looked it up, but we thought of, uh, what's the name of the song, the Frank Zappa? Oh yeah, um, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow slash Nanak Rubs It. And both of us obviously heard that before we even knew of Nanak of the North. He uh, makes a lot of references to Nanook, Nanook, uh, no, no, mm-hmm. watch out for the yellow snow, don't watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat the yellow snow. <laughs> Nanook and my baby cried. What else does he say? He says, "And my mama cried." My mama cried. What? Was there another reference you brought up that he makes? To or at towards the end of the song, he's kind of like, "If you have any sort of conflict with anybody named Nanook, go down to the Saint of Saint Alfonso." And it segues into another song. But and yeah. you say he he had a dream. Oh, I think yeah, that the influenced whole, the, any saw the or movie. the song is about a dream or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I should mention Gary Oldman is a great actor. The best. <laughs> Just watch Sid and Nancy or watch True Romance. Anything that he's in. He's a chameleon-esque until I guess maybe you... Or I don't know. At times I've had trouble recognizing him, and now I suppose I wouldn't, but I didn't probably fully realize that was him playing a pimp in True Romance. There's a <laughs> lot of funny lines in that. Very repeatable. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino's dialogue and his performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clarence Hurley? <laughs> Is it a white boy day? No, man, it ain't a white boy day. <laughs> what other... I guess I haven't really seen that many movies that he's in. Well, most famously, uh, Sid and Nancy. Yeah. Because he's throughout the entire thing. There's a few like British movies, kind of nihilistic, anarchistic movies that he's been in. I don't know if I've really seen those other than briefly on Independent Film Channel when that first came out. Uh, he played the bad guy in Luc Besson's probably his most commercial movie oh uh fifth element, fifth element i still yeah. haven't seen that mr one. gord or lord or i don't know <laughs> zord yeah zord he's funny in that he kind of he almost has like a george bush-esque te- texan like liz what um mr zord you know he's just like <laughs> it's funny i went to that in the theater what a great it's a really that's a fun movie hmm. um probably the most commercial luke basson will ever be uh gary oldman uh he played the vlad dracul in uh francis ford coppola's bram strokers stokers dracula yeah uh, that's i went to that in the theater in this town with my brother and some friends and that's great and he's so weird and excellent and takes it uh, you just set the standard for that role (laughs) and it is not that i don't think keanu reeves is necessarily a bad actor but obviously gary oldman is a juggernaut of an actor i mean he's right mm-hmm. up there with the dustin hoffman's and the jack nicholson's and the mm-hmm. robert duvall's who are some of their like great actors i it's like brando yeah and, and uh, gary oldman's in that category and I, I, like i said i i won't necessarily people dog on keanu reeves but I actually mm-hmm. you watch he's very entertaining and i he does what he does and in some ways yeah. keanu reeves is almost like a jack nicholson jack nicholson is good at being Jack Nicholson, and I think Keanu yeah. Reeves is good at being Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think Keanu Reeves is good at doing accents. And in that movie, he's doing a British accent, <laughs> and he is in almost a way juxtaposed Gary Oldman. <laughs> it's you just have this like Shakespearean chewing the scenery actor, just you know, he's doing it without even trying. And Keanu Reeves is most likely giving it his all against it, and it's like I said, a juxtapose. <laughs> Where Gary Oldman delivers his line, then Keanu Reeves gives his rather wooden, I don't know, response. <laughs> Gary Oldman is acting, Keanu Reeves is reacting. I don't know if, know if that's the right thing to say, <laughs> but it is funny when you watch it. It's just kind of like, you, Sir Count. That's kind of <laughs> like his, Brit- his British accent is Keanu or uh, British. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Just somewhat Britishized. Somewhat Britishized or Keanu. I don't know. Impersonating a British. Um, or like a British person impersonating Keanu. It is. I, <laughs> that movie in itself is, they used a lot of old techniques that were used, you know, with old filmmaking, like, you know, models and uh, matte paintings and uh, projection techniques. A lot of old school uh, film techniques is very beautiful. It's painter painterly looking and beautiful. And then th- there's a lot of really like heavy actors in that movie. It's oh. Gary Oldman, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins. Uh, Winona Ryder, uh, the guy that was in Withnail and I, I can't remember his name. He's uh-huh. uh, Carrie. He was, he's really, I don't know. He's good, but he's not that. He's almost a Keanu Reeves in a way. But uh, okay, Carrie who? Eels, Els, whatever the uh, guy that came here to our town to present the Princess Bride. Ah, uh, the guy from the Princess Bride. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's like some heavy hitters in that movie, and Keanu is 
I can't say he isn't a heavy hitter, but I mean, I don't know. He's not like in the same league. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, because I think he's great, but he just you can't really compare him to a Gary Oldman or a yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, he like he's good in um that movie, uh, My Own Private Idaho. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and he's good in Point Break too. Like he definitely plays that character mm-hmm. well. Yeah, he's definitely believable as a surfer. I mean, a native of Hawaii, but yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. And he's he's good in the right roles. He's good in Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen The Matrix. So I can't see. I would say you can you can watch the first one. I haven't seen the other ones. I haven't heard. I don't know. Whatever. Bunch of bunch of garbage. <laughs> bunch, bunch of crap. <laughs> Even that, I mean, it's kind of late and it's coming. It's like Neil Gaiman, the inter, the yeah, the web, and ooh, <laughs> we're all plugged in, baby. <laughs> it's like ten years too late when you watch Hackers. I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember watching some of that. That was pretty bad. <laughs> it was kind of hard to sit through. I, I, it's garish, and it it definitely has like that aesthetic, and all that is there, without a doubt. With all those other '90s movies, Reality Bites and Hackers. I, what other movies were there that were kind of like Hacker? Wasn't there? I mean, there was Hackers, and obviously Hollywood's got to jump on some other things. There's got to be. Can't even remember. Yeah, I can't really think of movies similar to that. It's tough because it was a short time period. I don't know the net with Sandra Bullock or something, <laughs> which I've never seen. Nanook of the North. <laughs> <laughs> Nanook. Where are you? Yeah, I don't know. Like, no <laughs> '90s movie can really hold up to Nana of the North. Nothing. <laughs> it's just a groundbreaking film. No, Clan of the Cave Bar with Daniel Daryl Hannah Daryl Hammond. He imitates Daryl 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 Hammond Daryl Hanneman from Slayer. Dimebag Daryl Hanneman. Yeah. Rest in peace, both of those guys. Yeah, they're dead. Comedies. So, Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. Yeah, with another one we haven't seen. I have the DVD, I bought it. We're going to watch it. Maybe we'll watch it tonight. The Sammy Petrello and Duke Mitchell. Duke Mitchell is kind of a famous, I believe he's like, I don't even know if they're like lower rung Rat Packers. I think he hung out with the Rat Pack. I'm not really certain. May have had mob ties. He made some movies, uh, ma- ma- Mafia, Massacre, Mafia style. I don't even, what was the other one? We watched it. It was like finally came out. It was under, before Sage Stallone passed away, he had that movie with, or excuse me, the Grindhouse releasing. They've released like the Beyond and, What's that movie that influenced uh, the Blair Witch Project? The film, The Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was an influence on Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's all uh, a documentary, oh, found, footage. found footage style. Yeah. Uh, they people have said that. Well, that I think that company is Grindhouse releasing is still around. I think Bob Murawski, he's a famous editor, uh, film collector, historian. He re-edited duke mitchell's uh what's that movie gone, oh, with, the pope. gone with the pope yeah and it's just very beautifully shot i mean obviously they shot it on loose ends and 
I think it was his money he won gambling horses or I don't even know. <laughs> it's fun and funny, maybe a little dead in some spots. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Yeah, those are the two stars of Bela Lugosi. I mean, it's the Brooklyn Gorilla. Supposed to be the bad movie of bad movies. Leonard Malton loves it. He must love a train wreck. I haven't seen it. Gilbert Godfrey's talked about it a lot. It's Leonard Malton said it's just kind of surreal and fun. <laughs> Sammy Petrello is famous for... He's a spitting image of Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis to the point where Jerry Lewis kind of ruined Sammy Petrello's life. I believe <laughs> Sammy Petrello died a few years ago, where he he sued him or something for I don't even know impersonation uh, oh, of character. Is that a thing? <laughs> Jerry sued Sammy or yeah. Sammy? Tr- yeah, no, sued Jerry, Jerry sued him. <laughs> fucked him. Fucked his life up. Mm. But yeah, I'm kind of excited to see that movie. It was made in the 50s. It's just the B-movie of B-movies. I just love the title. Belly Lugosi <laughs> meets the Brooklyn. What? Meets a Brooklyn gorilla. <laughs> gorilla that's in the Brooklyn Zoo. I like how he, yeah, he just plays himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a lot of stock footage. It's like Sammy Petrello yelling, you get out of here, you animals. Uh, it's just like giraffes running away, stock footage in Africa, you know. <laughs> get out of here. This is a, a Bella Lugosi. Yeah, why is he? He's playing himself. I don't know. It's like not like the vampire by, Be- no, it's just Bella Lug- He's just there. I'm the, the Bella Lugosi. That dude. Like, why Bella Lugosi? Why not? Like, yeah, that know, is, I never really Alfred caught Hitchcock. that. Like, yeah, you said that. And I, it never really caught, I never really caught on to that. It's just like, yeah, Bella Lugosi. It's <laughs> fucking weird. We we have him. He's a name. I mean, that's really what it is. It's just like, oh a, yeah, it's a name. That'd be like I don't know. Put a movie out today. It's like Jack Nicholson goes to the zoo. Or yeah. Or <laughs> Polly <Tom> Cruise meets <laughs> Godzilla. That'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, be a good movie. I would go to that. <laughs> I know I actually would. Yeah. I think I'd rather go to the that than like the new Batman Superman movie. I heard that's not doing too well. Yeah, it's got bad. I think you showed me it's got a bad <laughs> rating on uh, IMDb. Or no, not Rotten, uh, Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. What happened to Chevy Chase? Just <laughs> Chevy bad. Chase. Oh, I think he was in that movie with Ed Helms. What's that? Oh, the vacation. Yeah, they're trying to like restart that. So it's like, we'll make this movie, but we have to make it a lot more edgy and have people throwing AIDS-infected needles covered in poop at each other. <laughs> well, and, like literally, I'm not even. Joking. Oh, that's what we're actually. Yeah, happens. like I think they're like they're like, oh look, it's a it's a natural spring and it's like a fucking cesspool and they're they're bathing in poop and there's like two brothers and one is like. Oh, what's this? And he finds like a needle and throws it at his other brother like a dart, which that is actually kind of disturbing and fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like in the trailer. <laughs> you know, and then like he pulls, Ed Helms pulls up alongside the now Christy Brinkley. Who would be the new Christy Brinkley? Uh, Anne Hathaway. I don't even know. But, you know, and like she's on a, it's not a two-lane highway. It's like a one-lane highway and she gets creamed by a semi, you know, and her ferrari and she's gone when he looks over again i don't know oh that actually happens yeah like in the in the, it's in the trailer i don't know i think it's it's not i don't know those trailers where you just see the trailer and you see the movie because something like that happened on family guy where they're like playing homage to that scene and vacation oh, and right. then 
And then she ends up, yeah, Peter's like looking at her or whatever. And then she gets smucked by a truck or semi or something. And then, oh my God. It's good. And then what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. What's his name? A John Francis Daly from Freaks and Geeks was like a writer director on that new vacation movie. Oh, he's a director? For, or... I think he's a co writer and co director of it. Oh. Interestingly enough. Yeah, obviously, like Chevy Chase would be. Chevy Chase is on that show Community, which I've never really gotten into. I think he just kind of walked away from that, though, or something (laughs) happened. I don't know. I just remember, like, and I I think it's funny. They have, what's his name? Ken Ken Young or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. The guy from the, what's that franchise? The Hangover. Hangover, and he's the real doctor in life. And I think he plays, like, this insensitive character. I think everyone's insensitive on it. It's kind of politically incorrect, the show. But they have this gal, I think she was on, she worked at Staples with Dwight when Dwight left on the office. And then Chevy Chase is like, oh, I'm just, I'm enraptured by this Nubian princess next to me. And he's like, just like getting in her face. And they're like, you're being so-and-so to Chevy Chase. <laughs> it's, just, it's funny. He's like, what do you call that? A non-traditional student. He's like 60. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's he's like in his early seventies now. Yeah, he probably just spends a lot of time relaxing. Well, yeah, I think he has like three daughters that are probably in their twenties or thirties. Yeah, I imagine he doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, he's done quite well. Mm-hmm. He just sits back and relaxes. Right, Nana comes north. <laughs> <laughs> he watches that. <laughs> he like... just watches that on a loop. He's like. Howard Hughes, he has long fingernails, he eats his favorite ice cream. I'm going to guess it's Rocky Road, but it might be butter pecan. Oh, he, Howard Hughes had long fingernails. Yeah, he had long fingernails. He saved his pee, saved <laughs> other bodily things. He owned the TV station. I think like he would watch, what's that, Ice Station Ze- Zebra, which I've never seen. I actually kind of want to see it. I think it's just a oh, spy thriller. Runaway Train? No, no. Ice Station Zebra It came out like in the early 60s. Oh, okay. And it's, I think it's just like I said, like a spy thriller or something. And that was his favorite movie. And he would sit in Walden, you know, with all his like pee bottles and his long fingernails and his long hair eating his butter pecan ice cream. And he would call the TV station, which he owned. Mm-hmm. And he would say, rewind to this particular section, <laughs> which whatever the large bulky VHS days, they would do so. Okay, Mr. Hughes, right away, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> I think it was like some casino, you know, he was like up in the penthouse and they bought all his ice cream, which happened to be his favorite. So they had to get rid of it. it was, he would just eat it all day and <laughs> save his tissue papers and his pee and milk bottles. And he's the original hoarder, I guess. Yeah, he's awesome. Genius. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, we're having problems with these planes. They're flying in the weather and with lightning storms and rainstorms. He's like, well, let's build a plane that could fly above the weather. Genius. <laughs> and then he had the drill and they're drilling and they had like a patent. Either his fa- he either invented that or his family had that where they were like drilling for oil. God, the cat's knocking everything over. Yeah, Dudley's bad boy. He's a... Uh, nah, hold on. <laughs> Knocked over all my goddamn DVDs. <laughs> They invented a, a self-sharpening drill that would drill into the earth and get to the oil wells. And, or he had the patent or somebody in his family. I don't know. That's why the guy had all the money in the world. Yeah. Probably not going to leave this in. <laughs> Nana Kulinar! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> talking about Nanook of the North. <laughs> you, you should do that sometime. Like if like you're walking downtown or something, and like especially like if if you're in Deadwood or something like nope. that, or Sioux Falls, and you just see a group of people just yell Nanook of the North, <laughs> <laughs> and you happen to. It's like the CEO of Criterion Club. <laughs> you just weird him out and ruin his whole trip. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. But um, well, for us, not him. <laughs> or maybe. Uh, what was like? Um, it's like just go up to random people and say, "Hey, you guys ever seen Nanook of the North?" <laughs> oh, you should see it. It's a good one. Good. Slap did that. Like we used to. We were in Vermilion and we were all pretty drunk over D days, and I think janitor. <laughs> janitor bob from sioux falls was playing in one of the frat bars and slaps like do you guys like rock and roll and <laughs> these girls in front of us with a guy and one turn around she's like yeah they <laughs> we're like slap like puts his thumb up and points behind oh there's this band back there you want to go check them out <laughs> i did uh, that one time like we do you guys like rock and roll like we you probably remember this is like some of us like we went to a uh, bar restaurant in town here in Aberdeen, and then mm-hmm. we were walking out, and these uh, girls were walking in. And I was just like, "Yo, what does Marcellus Wallace look like?" Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember what happened. I didn't say anything. <laughs> They're just kind of. Like, eh. Remember Slap's ex-wife? She was Brazilian, and she's a fucking bad person. But I don't know. I mean, she's an artist. She kind of got like the, I don't know, us and them vibe. Whether us and them is a healthy disposition to have in life towards people but there were like some frat boys walking by and they were walking by and i think she just kind of jumped up and down and she went poop <laughs> and then like one of the guys kept walking and then he's like did you just yell poop <laughs> and like and then he's like i love you already it's like yeah, i am mr cool <laughs> poop poopy bunny's a poop butt <clears throat> charles manson yeah he's a rump rumpkin <laughs> I don't roll around with poop people like that. <laughs> I am a mechanical man. Bundy's is Bundy's is mama's boy. Bund- <laughs> Bundy's a poop butt. <laughs> oh, did he say that actually? I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ted Bundy. I, they asked him about Bundy for some reason. What do you think of Ted Bundy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta ask Charles Manson what he thinks of a serial killer. <laughs> What do you think of Leatherface? <laughs> um, Wonder. I was thinking about that the other day. That Charles Manson, he's eighty some years old now. He's still he's alive. Old. Can't walk. I mean. He's still in prison. <laughs> you think they're gonna let him out? No. One of these days. Yeah, they could. Wonder. I don't know. I wonder. Like, you think he's ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Can Maybe. You, you think they ever showed him that in prison? Yeah, it definitely would have been because he was looking when they were 70, 71. Yeah, oh, yeah, they put him in. I think he, was it, yeah, it was, I guess it was seven, like 70 yeah, yeah. was when the trials were going on and whatnot. I was thinking, I remember the AWA wrestling, and I don't know if all this stuff just kind of merged together, but. There was WWF, AWA. I believe AWA was first, like pro wrestling. And I went to an AWA event here in Aberdeen, South Dakota, at the Central Arena back when it was still Central High School. That's where I graduated from. 
we went to it and saw various wrestlers, the claw, the rockers, Wahoo McDaniel. He was a native American wrestler. Uh, I believe a, one of the Ganyas and the Ganyas are, it's a famous wrestling family. Uh, I think it was Greg Ganya. He was the younger and they had, they all, their famous move was the sleeper hold <laughs> and he would do the sleeper hold. And then his father was Vern Ganya. Ganja. No, that's Ganja. Not right. Uh, Ganya. And they were all known for the sleeper and his father taught the son, the sleeper hold. And then Vern died a few years ago. Vern was like 94. That's like, that's like actually very old for a <laughs> pro wrestler. Yeah. I guess he lived right or genetics, I suppose. But I remember my brother, Jason, we were, when my father passed away, we were sitting at the dinner table and he was talking about Vern being in a nursing home in, Minnesota, and he said that Vern Gagne was like killing his roommates. <laughs> nursing. I don't know. If he, I looked it up finally. I looked it up the other day, and, <laughs> and I mean, it isn't funny, but it's just kind of funny. He said he had like a roommate, and he like <laughs> he picked him up, body slammed him. <laughs> and he died. I'm sorry, I sound horrible, but I never know. I don't know. I think Greg Gagne is okay, but it sounds like they don't like. I don't know. And I believe Vern had in his defense, he's a wrestler and he had very severe dementia. So that's why he did what he did. <laughs> but I, I was reading about Greg Gagne's daughter who's 28 or 29 and she was teaching. She's a teacher in Minnesota and she had sex with one of her students. <laughs> <laughs> she gave him a handy in a parking lot away from the school and she's resigned and not <laughs> a teacher anymore. <laughs> so the Ganyas, uh, they have problems. The Ganya. The Ganya. <laughs> I was thinking about an old man body slamming another old man. And what do the Ganyas? Gets me pretty pumped up. What, what's the, what's a, a Ganya's favorite Italian dish? I don't know. La Ganya. La Ganya, yeah. yeah. Garfield's yeah. favorite too. <laughs> Garfield. I want to get like an oversized Garfield shirt and bring those back. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you just wear that for your pajamas. I'm like, hey, making toast. <laughs> <laughs> Our oversized like Tweety Bird shirt. Yeah, that's. Remember, I used to I, for very sure. You you know this because you used to work in a grocery store. You like, did you start stocking and then you were. You moved the cash register or bagging or what'd you do? Well, I was like a cat, a stalker. And then I ended up the uh, cashiering. Okay. I never did like cashiering. I was about 14 and I was stocking the shelves and God that, I don't know. That was just kind of a weird experience for me. Just kind of learn how dirty and disgusting grocery stores are <laughs> and stocking the shelves. <clears throat> and I don't really have a point to this other than you mentioned, we're talking like, oversized Tweety Bird shirts. <laughs> and like this woman came in and she was like very white trash. And she said, do you, do you have the, the Schmuckers jellies with the Looney Tune characters? I collect them. You know, <laughs> you know, that thing sort of thing where the Looney Tune characters go beyond the Looney Tune characters and they become a white trash curio of sorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that really happens or they just, it becomes something else. It's kind of like the Calvin and Hobbes or Hobbes is like pissing on things and it's not really Calvin and Hobbes anymore. It's just that Hobbes pissing on particular things on the back of trucks mm -hmm. or Samuel, Sam 
what's that guy? Oh, Yosemite Sam? Yosemite Sam mud flaps. I mean, it's not, oh, yeah. you just don't think of it as Looney Tunes anymore. It's something yeah. else entirely. It's like a redneck, like I said. Well, and then in particular, those things I was meant, they become curios where they collect like Looney Tune things. They have like a, I got a Planet Hollywood Looney Tunes jacket with all the Looney Tunes people on the back and the leather, <laughs> it's the Letterman jet, but it's like, it's so not whatever it is. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just becomes like this white. I remember, like, yeah, we had people that worked for us and they would have like, one guy had like the, I think either had Pink Panther, which I guess that's not Looney Tunes. That's something else, but Blake Edwards. But yeah, a guy had, I think a guy had like Tweety Bird tattooed on his arm or yeah. something or <laughs> it just, becomes appropriated by white trash America. <laughs> <laughs> now on that note, here we are in an hour. We were start. A, I don't know. This is Mike's movie corner. You've been listening to Martin Lean and Michael. Mike Moss. I don't know why you're listening to us. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Nanook North and various things we talked about. And you got anything you want to leave uh, us with? Well, what store were, were you working at? Kessler's? Yeah, yeah, or? I was working at Kessler's here in town, Aberdeen, South Dakota. Yeah. I believe the, let's talk about famous people from Aberdeen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Frank Oz lived here. His house is still here. Someone lives there. It's not a historical landmark. It is, but it isn't. It used to be. It's next to the library. The library is being moved, so it's not going to be near it anymore. So I don't know. It kind of loses that factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.K. Rowling, she wrote the Harry, uh, Potter. Harry Potter series. I believe the... <laughs> person who does the american art is from aberdeen <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh what else here i believe there's an experimental filmmaker from aberdeen i don't know who he is is anyone else here that's famous uh what's the experimental filmmaker i name? can't remember it's not stan brackage that's the guy from colorado uh, like hollis frampton or something? Yeah, maybe i guess i don't really know much about hollis frampton or stan Br- i know who they are but i don't mm-hmm. really i've never really like, seen their movies Brackage, yeah, he has stuff. He has like a whole collection. You, I think he's dead. You can buy it from Criterion Collection. Yeah. <clears throat> Hollis Frampton. That's how there's a Hollis Frampton Odyssey set that Criterion released mm. as well. Is Kenneth Anger from <laughs> Aberdeen? I'm just kidding. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Oh, I guess Asia already ate oh, too. Yeah, sure. Our cats are up here. <laughs> well. Oh, do you have anything else you want to say? Well, I just want to encourage people to check out Nanak, Nanak of the, the North. <laughs> and Documentary Now is a good show. Let's just say Nanak of the North a couple times. One, two, three. Nanak, Nanak of the, the North. Nanak of the North. Nanak of the North. Nanak of the North. Nanak of the North. Hey, Nanak of the North. Yeah, Nanak of the North. All right, bye. <laughs>